He's the owner of the most educated feet in professional wrestling. Some would call him the professor. Some might call him infamous. We call him the host of the show. And I mean, <laughs> folks, where's the lie? It's time for the Undisputed Podcast with Bobby Fish. All right, we're back on a brand new edition of the Undisputed Podcast, starring the legendary, infamous, the cat's meow, 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 Mr. Bobby Fish. And this week... That's a heck heck of an intro. You ain't seen nothing yet, brother. You ain't seen nothing yet. Because today's guest... All right. I hope you're sitting down. Bellator. PFL. NXT UK. He's also allegedly a Ryan Seacrest lookalike. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Andy Shepard. Oh, not allegedly, hey. by the way. He, oh, no. he, he is literally. <laughs> <a Ryan laughs> <Seacrest laughs> <Seacrest laughs> I, I, I just said before you start recording. I remember one of my first days at WWE. I think we, uh, I just signed. I went down to the recording Raw in London. I went down and Michael PSAs. Uh, I was introduced to him, and he literally said, "You look like Ryan Seacrest. I'm gonna call you Baby Seacrest." And and for certain people in that company, that, that still sticks. Um, so yeah, I'll take the Ryan Seacrest thing. I'll, I'll take that, and I'll take 25 percent of his paycheck, and we're all happy. We can move on with our life. Thank you very much. All right, I got I gotta ask. Did um, Michael follow it with a do do do? Uh, I, 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 I can't recall exactly, but I think, yes, he probably did. So let's go. Yes, For the purposes of this of story, yes, he did. Of course he did. <laughs> of course he did. Well. Was he, on, was he on Bad Street USA? Were you guys on Bad Street USA, though, when this conversation happened? All right, Frank. Well, we were in London, right, so right, it, was right, not, right. It, was, it, it was, it was, okay. <laughs> I, I want that. I went too far. I crossed the line. Rain in. Rain in. We're not going there today, that's okay? Frank, that's Frank's Jeez. MO. He takes it too far, and then we have to rein him back in, and then he'll be right, quiet God. for like 25 minutes. Frank. Frank, come on, man. Uh, for those of you uh, watching at home on the Premier Streaming Network, you're going to notice that Bobby, we're getting a nice up view of Bobby because he is currently in his car. Yeah. But at least he My joined truck. us this week. Last week, he right. went MIA. I did. Yeah, guys, it's a, it's a truck. Don't call it a car. It's oh, a truck. Bad. And also, this is my fa- this is my favorite angle of Bobby. Uh, you really you really get the full uh, angle of the beard. So I think we should all appreciate yeah. this while we've got this this shot. Fair. Well, and you get to see up my nose and see that my head is predominantly empty. True. Full yeah. We've all been thinking that. Week. We all thought that. Now it's been true. Right. Full disclosure, Bobby was wrestling alligators last week, and things got a lot of hand, so leave it there. Right. Yeah. Yep. He's wrestling the first alligator yep. ever. And that's Steve Kern. I'm, a, rest- I'm, a, I'm a, a wrestler in every way, shape, and form. Constant so, um, Andy, I uh, I gotta ask. Uh, so the excitement surrounding PFL Europe is it? Yeah, so yeah, PFL Europe, PFL Europe launched uh, a couple of weeks ago now. 
it kind of dropped in between, um, I think it was the Challenger Series, and I think it's the, the first round of the regular season that's happening the last couple of weeks. So, yeah, man, I got to be a part of that, and it's it's great. I think it's great. It kind of like the, kind of like WWE, what they do with NXT in terms of looking to localize uh, brands to harvest hands. PFL doing the same thing, which is exciting. They so they launched Europe. Uh, they've already said that they got plans to launch these kind of feeder systems uh, around the world. Their their three four event tournaments um, looking to crown a uh, a champion in each territory in certain weight classes, and you become a champion there. You know, there's potential to move on to the, the, the global stage in that million-dollar uh, championship price. So, yeah, it, it's it's great to see uh, a company as well put together as PFL setting up uh, these kind of leagues, these kind of TV shows around the world. I think as fans, you know, if you can tune in to a localized TV show and see people from your area, you know, you get to root for them and, you know, you get to follow them on their journey through whatever sport it is, follow them all the way to becoming the world champion and stuff. So... Yeah, man, that was a couple of weeks ago. Uh, next one is in Berlin in a couple of months, which is going to be fun. Always a good time there. So, yeah, exciting exciting few months ahead for PFL. It is. And uh, I, w- I wanted to, you know, uh, get into some of that because I, I do think, and your, your comparison of it to um, WWE a little bit is, is really interesting because I feel like, that's what NXT, you know, was at one time. Um, and then I know, like, it kind of outgrew its its borders, so to speak, because it was such, like, the... Um, I think there's an appetite in the viewing audience for the come-up and, and for the, you know, the little bit grittier sort of not quite made it all the way to the dance portion of the story, which is the world that I think NXT orbited for a little while there. And then the black and gold, when we were like really like clicking on all cylinders after Finn Balor had come through and guys like Kevin Owens and, and Sami Zayn. And, um, you know, I think MMA has missed a little bit of that section and in no way is it you know am i faulting them because they're you know much younger than pro wrestling but i think that this pfl it, it kind of shines a little bit of a light on that yeah f- first of all i think people like you bobby people like you are to blame for for the evolution of nxt you were too over people like you finn kevin you all you guys uh, but yeah, look, you, it's, it's great to you guys that you, you, you know, you you took a brand which I, you know, to begin with was let's call it a development brand, getting superstars ready to move up to to the main roster. But then, you're right. I think people always have a thirst for. I suppose you can liken it to a band. You know, it, it's it's cool to like a band, but then when they get super famous, certain fans are like ah. No, I liked them before they were famous. And then you go back and you try and discover yeah. something new. It's always cooler to be in on something new. And I think that's I think that's what NXT kind of kind of gave a lot of fans was they were seeing superstars. And as you said, the, the tone was grittier, but they were seeing these superstars on the come up. And and first of all, you guys at that point were all amazing, creating something fantastic. So who wouldn't love it? But I think that's part of it. And when you look at MMA, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's a little different, but ultimately it comes down to trying to create stars. Um, you know, we watch, you know, I work a lot in combat sports and it's, 
it's all about the narrative going into these things and you want to be invested in in these competitors and i think a way to build these stars is to keep it local you know so in the uk uh dakota Dichever and simeon powell are two of the stars you can see pfl are really investing in over here and they they could well become the first pfl europe champions um at the end of the year so you can see already that mind to happening. You build some stars in the UK. They progress over into the US. We saw with Brendan Lochman last year. Um, he won the PFL Championship. And the mainstream media over here will start to pick up on him. Now, if you can do that with a couple of more people over here, suddenly the UK yeah. becomes a real hot market. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah. again, go back to wrestling. It's the, it's the same kind of dynamic. Yeah, well, I think what you what you get too by it being in the UK is that the guys that do break through or the girls that do break through, there's already from a pro wrestling standpoint, there's already a built-in gimmick because they're not American, and that's the thing that I think a lot of um, martial artists are missing. Gimmick maybe is the wrong word, but um, I, I think you know where I'm going with this. If, if it's a, someone from the UK, like a Michael Bisbing or something, um, and when he does break through, like there's already an identifier. And that's an identifier that is truly that person. It's not something manufactured. It's real. And at the end of the day, real is what, what sells, or at least the perception of real. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's... I think if you're building stars on a platform, let's just go to PFL Europe for a minute. You've got PFL Europe, and it's a, it's a place to develop these stars, to build content around them, to build stories around them, so that when they do move up to that big stage, they've got that following, they've got that fan base. And also, I think for them as personalities, they know what works. You know, it's, um, uh, you know, again, I work a lot within the MMA world with the superstar, with the, with the athletes, with documentaries and so forth. And, I always find it weird when you're trying to film a documentary with uh, an athlete. They're like, no, 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 I'm just a fighter. I'm not doing this. I don't want to do press. I don't want to do documentaries. I just want to train. I just want to fight. And I'm like, part of me gets that. You're trying to be an athlete. But at the same time, in MMA, for example, if you want to have a fight, you can go to the back car park of a pub on a Friday night and have a fight, and you can get paid 50 bucks by some guys to do that. That's cool. The moment you start being on TV and making real money – Let's be honest, it, it's entertainment. People are paying money to be entertained. And that entertainment, yeah, is you guys fighting, but but you as a product, you as an athlete. Again, go, go back to pro wrestling. You know, people build characters to get people engaged and watch this stuff. Um, Conor McGregor is a prime example of this at the highest level. He's a, he's a character. People choose not just to see him fight, but because of all everything that goes with that. So, you know, I think for all athletes, look at influencer boxing, by the way. Look at all these influencer boxers. I'm doing a show yeah. called Kingpin uh, in a little over a week. And you know, these guys, skill set-wise, are nothing on, you know, mostly professionals. But they've got characters. They've got followings. They've got narratives. And, and yeah. the build-up to an event is, in some cases, even more important than what actually happens when the bell goes. It's that narrative. It's that story we want to get you know, engaged with. Yeah, and in, in some ways, like, it, it I, I guess, after, Thanks, Bobby. Thanks for going through that tunnel like that real opportunity <laughs> time. He was going to say something great. He was, I don't know. I, I, could, I could sense that this. 
Oh yeah, I don't know, Frank. I mean, I could still there's there something that was confidence in that first syllable before the line went dead. The rose is with Bobby. First syllable is great. I almost feel like we should give him the benefit of the doubt that he was going to say something extremely intelligent and very riveting. But we've been doing this podcast for a while now. I probably, I doubt it. I don't, I'm not. Do you know, do you know what? Just this one time, when he comes back, let's applaud him for that fantastic thing he said. Because in our minds, it was amazing. Maybe lightning yeah. did strike. Maybe he did say something <laughs> so profound that we are just like, whoa, whoa, yeah. yeah. Yeah, cats can't blink, can they? You're right. Wow. That's some information we need to know. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. It's late. That was good. That was good. good. Hey, let's change gears a little bit. What are your thoughts about AEW going to Wembley Stadium? Do you know what? I I saw the announcement. Um, good friend Nigel McGuinness was part of that announcement. I I think it's going to be great. Um well, I mean, I hope it's going to be great. I, 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 with all the greatest will in the world, I think there's something that Wembley has a Wembley Stadium has a real history uh, in, in British pro wrestling. Of course, SummerSlam '92 uh, was there, an event that really anchored WWE, particularly in this country. Of course, they clashed the castle last year um, in Cardiff. So, you know, le- a year later to have an event at Wembley Stadium is. Uh, I, I just I hope it fulfills all of our dreams and all of the potential. Um, I hope they sell a whole bunch of tickets, um, and I, I hope it really does a lot of good for for the scene here in the UK because it's um, it, yeah it's got so much potential. Very good. Yeah. Bob, Bobby's back. Hey, how are you, buddy? Hey, Bobby. Uh, hey, Bobby. Welcome. Well, what you just said was fantastic. I think I, I, I smell you talking about uh, Wembley Stadium. <laughs> Yep, yeah. that's what you smell. Yeah. Yeah. Bobby, what, what, what was your I, – I, 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 saw, I, I saw that, the announcement like everyone else. Uh, obviously, Nigel McGuinness, part of that, had to, had to watch that one. Uh, what do you make of that? It's a, it's a big old stadium to fill over here. Uh, it is. Um, I, I will say that, like, I have faith in the um, UK audience to support. I don't know if – um, you know, if AEW has that sort of audience there yet, I mean, I, I just, I don't know, but I think that there's a good chance that the, the UK audience, because they're, they're so supportive of the stuff, you know, their combat sports to begin with. Um, I think it's going to be a kick-ass show. I think it's going to be a, bi- a big thing, you know, um, I, I, I think so. it's a, it's we, we, a gamble. We, 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 it's a super gamble, um, but you know, hey, uh, does, I'm all for does, it. Does, 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 there's a long, there's a there's a long build down. What are we in? We're in April now, so May, June, July, August. Got four months, four months. So I think it's right. going to be intriguing to see um, what they do in the next four months to to get that show over. What what matches we're going to see? Who's going to be there? You know, there could be some special surprises. But um, yeah, I, I I saw some I saw something somewhere, some stat and. I, I can't remember if this is accurate or not, but someone said they sell maybe like 30,000 tickets. Then that's, that's them breaking even, at least in there. And Wembley can hold a whole lot more. So, you know, for that show to make money, they haven't got to sell it out. Um, obviously, we'd love nothing more than a, a, a sold-out Wembley Stadium for wrestling. Because if that does happen, if AEW can 
pack out Wembley Stadium. Um, I, I think that's a that's a pretty landmark moment for for pro wrestling over here. Huge, absolutely. I think yeah. it's a huge moment for for pro wrestling. It'd be a huge moment for AEW. Um, and and like you said, they've got time between now and then to build out a show um, that's going to do all of these things. So really the onus is on them and, and they put it on their back and now it, it's time to carry it. And, you know, yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see. Um, and I wish them all the luck in the world. I, I have lots of friends that are still um, a part of the company and um, I, I only would love to see them uh, knock it out of the park. I'm going to go hot yeah, take. I got hot take. Oh, boy. I'm going to compare okay. this event to WrestleMania 1. WrestleMania 1 was the make or break for Vince McMahon. I'm going to put this particular event as their WrestleMania. WrestleMania 1. Do you know, do you know why? I think there's similarities, but I don't think it's make and break because I think with Vince at WrestleMania 1, if that show flopped, WWE flopped. I think, I think yeah. I get the impression, and, and Bobby, I think you know more than me. I feel like Tony Khan's in a position, if they sell 15,000 tickets to this thing, AEW sells a show the following week. You know? Yeah. But I get what you're saying in terms of this is a show that's on such a scale, potentially, that if they make this thing works, does this take AEW yeah. to the next level? Have AEW done a, a true stadium show yet? Well, Shep, I think what Frank is trying to say is that um, Tony Khan needs to book Mr. T. Oh, yeah, absolutely. 100%. Who is today's Mr. Jackson. T? Who is, is that, is Rampage, that Jackson. Rampage Jackson. Rampage Jackson. Rampage Jackson. He was, or, he was on our podcast. He was hear me out. Or who? Rampage Jackson is good, good, and, and yes, okay. he, he is in the eighteen films. I get it, but is Kevin Hart this year's Mr. T? Is he the guy? <laughs> I, I could just see him running around, shirt off. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I kind of. I don't know. Unless <laughs> I'm gonna start because we're talking about. Remember, but Mr. T. It was a bit before my time. Mr. T. I, I think was one, one of the hottest stars going at that time. Is Kevin he Hart was. in that? You know, the similar league. Then, then is that then uh, is that it? Uh, but Rampage Jackson, I'll take that. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, is it is it Key and Peel or one of them? <laughs> you know whose time it was they, they, not gonna... before. You know whose time it was not before, Shep. Yours, mine. Go on. Yeah, because I'm <laughs> as old as God Himself. Nothing was before Bobby's yeah, time. Whoa, no, whoa, whoa. That's an exaggeration. That is an exaggeration if ever I've heard one, okay? That is... not. <laughs> it's not. He, he, listen, get on the internet and check They were tag team. They were tag team. It's on my Wikipedia. Bobby it's on my God. Wikipedia. Date of birth. Same day as God. <laughs> yeah. I zero, worked zero, uh, zero, tag zero. team with, uh, with JC. JC and I were tag team. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you guys are yeah. so over. So uh, over. God, his only begotten son and I, we were uh, <laughs> yeah, sons. <laughs> Jerk Jackson. Yeah. Jerk yeah. Jackson. Oh, Come Jesus. on, Frank. So let's, let's go. Back. Bobby had 
profound statement before he went dark a little while ago about the, the PFL. What was it? You had some. You're dropping some knowledge on. Did you forget? Well, was it? I don't know. I wasn't saying it. You were. Well, so what, you wanna, what, I don't know what. what you want to go back five, ten minutes and expect Bobby to remember that? Come on. Yeah. Come what on. are we referencing? Wait, was it I, ten minutes ago in this conversation? Yeah. <laughs> We should probably change subjects to something new. What did I say about the PFL? You want the fight in it? We don't know. You you went dark. What? You, Bobby, Bobby, you you you've signed a contract now to fight in the PFL. You got to fight this weekend. You got to make weight. That's what we're talking about. Oh yeah. Okay. I. No, uh, that's good. Yeah. I mean, I. <laughs> I should probably get some. Probably get some jujitsu in, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's switch topics. Let's right. switch topics. Let's start on you. Let's start on yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. New topic. Frank. Tee us up. Tee us up. Oh, good lord! Did you watch? Did you watch WrestleMania? Say. Of course. Yeah. 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 I was. I. I you know. What? I. I. I, I found it really hard to stay up through the night, but um, on the Saturday, I was actually uh, hosting the official. UK WWE WrestleMania party. So I, I did stay up. And do you know what? It does add, it, it, no matter what you say, you can wake up in the morning, put it on and avoid social media. But there is something to staying up and watching it. Um, and yeah, the rest of it, it, it's always a special well, special two nights now. Um, right. But yeah, it was right. great to see. I actually enjoy, I also um, stand and deliver that weekend as well. That, you know, a lot of my friends were on that show. There were some great results there. So yeah, as as a weekend, yeah, I loved it. What, what, Bobby, what do you think? You see it? Uh, I I mean, I I thought uh, mania for, um, you know, first time in I, that manias have been good the last few years, but this one, there was just something a little bit special about the stories that kind of culminated. Um, I don't know. I I was. Ask me again next year, and, and we'll see if I'm as fond of, of next year's. But, like, I, it really was in a good place for me this year. I liked it a lot. What do you, what do you guys make of the, the two-night mania? Love it. Yeah. Absolutely love it. Because um, before, I, it was, like, eight hours I'm long. And really? Yeah, I'm in between. I, I mean, I don't – I definitely don't hate the uh, – two nights um but sometimes i think there's some charm to to one however i think that it being one night um they were you know getting to a point where it was just trying to get way too much in so it you know it 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 had to it had to be expanded to two it had to yeah i I think i think when they first announced it was going to to us i mean it was obviously a weird time during the pandemic <clears throat> when we hit that first two nights and I was like let's see how this thing works but having been out in Dallas last year for Mania it the whole week feels like a festival of pro wrestling you know of course you've got yeah. WWE doing what WWE does across the city but then yeah, it's, it's the mecca of sports entertainment that week every company seems to be there doing it something really you could be there from what well, god Tuesday through to the following Monday and yeah. there's something yeah. every day every night you're surrounded by fans and I think now having Mania for two nights um, gives it that real festival feel. They're like your two headliners across the weekend. And Bobby, as you said, I think it got 
to the point where it got to the point where um, the last many before the pandemic, I was at that one in in uh, in New York, and I remember Becky and um, the girls went on so late, so late. I think it was gone midnight when they were working, and as as great as a performance as it is, if you're a fan, you have to sit through. I mean, I'm getting six yeah, hours. Yeah. I don't know how long Mania is at that point. You, 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 it's, it's, it, it makes it so much harder for the yeah. audience to enjoy. And, and Bobby, I, I suppose for, for you guys as performers, it just makes the task insurmountable. It, 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 it truly is. And like you see this mistake repeated over and over and over on the independent level where guys you know, these local promoters book their WrestleMania and it's 14 matches and it starts at three in the afternoon and at, you know, midnight, you're still there and there's six matches left and the crowd is burnt out. So they're not reacting to anything. They've seen people dropped on their heads, lit on fire, thrown up on, like there's just nothing left and there's no place for that. And I, I think that WWE being the problem solving machine that they are, um, they realized like they finally, you know, weighed all the options and we're like, okay, we got to go two nights. And I think that it, it was really the only answer that was going to uh, result in something positive. And I think that that's what you got now. And they're, they're working out the kinks. And I think this year was a perfect example of like the right amount of mostly everything that was needed. But also from a business standpoint, like if you can, you know, I can't remember the exact numbers. It was eight, I think it was 80 odd thousand a night they announced, but if you can get that many people into a stadium two nights in a row, why wouldn't you do two nights? You know, just yeah. yeah I mean, like if you can, nuts. if people are people are watching, if people are turning up, um, it's great. I actually remember watching. I was watching night two of Mania uh, uh, afterwards. I remember getting to the main event and be like, "Wow, this! It feels like this has come around really quickly." The event was, yeah. I think I, I think it was what three, I think it was three hours. It was so compressed. I was like, "Wow, this yeah. this show almost feels digestible." Yes. Yeah. And digestible is the perfect word for it. And that's what I think, you know, when the, the pay-per-views or whatever, I, that's probably a little bit of an antiquated um, term, but they... Um, Premium they, live they... event. <laughs> yes, sir. Yep. Yes, sir. Shame on me. Um, <laughs> they When they stay in that window of digestibility, like we're all good, but that 14 match you know, seven hour independent card, nobody's there for it. And in the same way, like nobody's there for a six hour mania. It's just, it's too much of a good thing. And as cliche as it is, it's true today as, you know, as true today as it was back when JC and I were, were tearing up the tag circuit. That's right. <laughs> So since we're talking about night number two, and we'll jump to the main event, what was your take on the uh, on the main event outcome? He's talking to you, Chef, not Frank. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't sorry, care sorry. I got a little crack line. Yeah. <laughs> All right. uh, the main event outcome. I, I, ah, you know what? People were asking me, do I think Roman's going to lose the title? And this was a couple of months out. And I, I said, no, no, because I still think there's more storytelling to be told. I mean, I, 
the, the storyline that the bloodline have had over the last year plus, really since Roman return, Roman's return, has been incredible. It's it, to my mind, it's the best storytelling I've ever seen in pro wrestling, and I actually think it's one of the points that yeah. one of the few upsides of what we saw in the pandemic was I recall when Roman returned and there were no crowds. There was more opportunity. There, there were moments when it'd have someone down and be, it'd be just, you know, being Roman right in their face and talking to him. And it was almost, it was like watching um, a fight scene from a movie. You know, the dialogue yeah. that Roman was coming out with just added more. And it feels like that storytelling has continued to just, you know, it, it's every week you have to see what's happening with those guys, which is amazing. And the, the, the feeling I have is that when Roman does eventually lose the title, is that the last? I mean, I know Roman's not exactly full time now, but he is the champion. He's, he's, you know, he's, he's on TV probably more than he's not. Once Roman yeah. loses that championship, do we as fans do we lose him to Hollywood? Is that what is is that what's going to happen? Are we going to have Roman Reigns sticking around and 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 chasing uh, the undisputed uh, WWE championship? I don't know. That's that's a gut feeling I have. So for me, keeping the title on Roman a little longer keeps us having Roman a little longer. Cody's going to get his time. And I think Cody proved um, he had such an uphill battle going into Mania with the response to Sami Zayn. Everyone loved Sami so much. There was talk of, hey, are we going to see Sami Roman at Mania? I think Cody did a great job in, uh, along with the rest of the WWE team, in in making that main event what people wanted to see. But um, no, man, I, I think Roman's got more to do. Bobby, what do you think? I think that that's a, that's a really interesting point about Cody and and the competition that there was at that uh, for that spot and the way that the audience did um, kind of arrive for Cody. It, it says a lot for the team effort that all of it was. Um, it's a really interesting point what you bring up too about Roman. Um, and, and the idea of keeping the title on him, is there some uh, potentiality for, okay, well, this keeps him here a little bit longer? Um, I mean, I, you watch the, uh, was it the Goodfellas um, yeah. commercial kind of thing that they did? I mean... I don't want to toot Roman's horn, but like, uh-huh. I mean, the everybody in that skit like played their role to the to the, the T, and there was like, I don't know, I'm no acting coach, but there was like legitimate acting chops. I thought in that whole thing, um, you know, by Heyman played his role perfect, and even even Solo, um, you know, which was was very stoic but the, he played the stoic part of it perfect and, and it really just um man it, it is it's super entertaining it's super super entertaining and you're right um i can't remember a time that there's been a storyline that has um sp- so many other storylines have spun off of yeah okay going back to that going back to those skits that we saw into mania i'm watching all of them I was like, you know, I know WWE is it's an entertainment company, and it's it's you can see over the last couple of years how it's diversifying and really embracing, let's call it the mainstream and and so forth. And man, you can see, you know, a lot of the guys in those in those skits 
they're prop Raptors. Like the the, the Becky, uh, the Becky and Seth one. Um, you know the uh, the uh, the brawling brutes and Sheamus and Drew. That one was funny. It, they, they've got good acting chops. Um, but look, if, if Roman Reigns isn't a a a major Hollywood star in five years, I'll be very 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 surprised. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Yeah, hundred percent. And he's got great. He's already teams. had a part in one of the Rock movies. Yeah, yeah. He was in. Was he in one of the Fast and Furious ones already? I think so. Yeah, I saw something on. I think it was on TikTok, and they were showing the bloopers because they were doing. They were supposed to throw a club or something like that, but they were told not to actually throw the club. They'll they'll kind of CGI that in later. And Roman threw the club and hit the cameraman right in the face and knocked him out. <laughs> That's my boy. That's my boy. I ain't adding nothing in post. You do it for real. You don't do it. Um, but yeah, I, I think I, I, I just I just find I I think Roman's in such a place right now and has I expect so many options out there. Do, are we going to see Roman chasing a title? I, I, with all he's done right now, I don't know if I can see the tribal chief doing that. Um, so does Roman go out of the bang and then become a special attraction? Yeah, he comes back a couple of times a year to do things. Well, he does Hollywood. Um, yeah, like, like, like you know, again, the, 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 the Cena transition, you know, obviously we still get John back uh, every now and again. It, it does Roman then become that? Um, something inside me says that's, that's the way we're going to go. So until yeah. they're ready. And look, it, I know that there was rumours rolling around, of course, about The Rock being part of this year's WrestleMania. Is that something that's still in the works? Are we ever going to see that? Is that a reason to have Roman hold on? Again, I don't know the answer to any of those questions, but there's, I still feel like there's, there's more to do. I think so. I think I, uh, I, think I totally agree. Um, and there's definitely um, more questions than, uh, than answers, which I think makes... Okay, now I can't get my fingers out of there. <laughs> I'll tell you one what thing. Is, this, this visually is going to be one of our best podcasts ever on the Premier Streaming Network. Is... Sorry, Freddie Prince Jr. Ah, yes. <laughs> Why can't I? Um, what did you guys make of, um, of the tag team match on, uh, on night one? What were the emotions for you guys around that? I liked it. I liked it. I, being... I liked it. We, uh, we, we actually, a few episodes ago, did our did our recaps. I think unanimously we enjoyed the the main event of night number one. Um, I think it was great. Just overall, you got everything you wanted and everything kind of you expected to see. And then, you know, Sammy and Kevin go over and place goes nuts. And they gave them at least the fans, the one thing that they wanted, because I know everyone got pissed off on Sunday. So, but, but I think that was, that was also just the internet, which I think is such a small audience when it comes to the fans that are they, yeah, they're it's, they're it's, a very it's, loud it's, minority. It's, you can have fifty people saying something online, and it feels like there's fifty thousand. Um, but for me, I think across many weekends, there's two matches that, that stood out to me. Just of course with my uh, my background with NXT UK, and I think Walter was solidified if he wasn't already as oh, something very great special. Great I, I think it's a great it's a great match, and um, for him to go over against. Drew and Sheamus, um, really now, if he wasn't in the mix before, Walter's there. I think what they've done with this 
this um, intercontinental title run has has been fantastic. It's it's put real respect back on that title. Um, mm-hmm. And the other match that I I really enjoyed was um, Rhea versus Charlotte. I know Rhea got her moment uh, mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, but it, obviously it was the, the the mania at the start of the pandemic, <clears throat> not the mania moment she would have wanted. But for her now, a couple of years later, to to have that match, the performance she did to be as over as she is. And it, it does feel like a bit of a change of the guard. Look, Char- you know, Charlotte's going nowhere, but it feels like Rhea is now elevated into that true uh, top tier. And, um, you know, again, having seen her developing in NXT UK, the NXT and all she's done the last few years, uh, to see her in that spot and now with the opportunity to, um, to, to build her legacy as, as the face of the women's division uh, is, is exciting. I think you, you know, it pretty much uh, amounts to is you've added another face to that main event mix without taking anything away. You just, you have another, um, dare I say, there's a, a, another player in the game. Yeah. And I think I mean, when you look at that women's division, there's a lot of people to be excited about. Um, mm. People like Raquel Gonzalez, I think is... Yeah. Is lying in wait for for that opportunity. Her time Huge will come. But there, yeah. It's it's it. The, you look, you look at all the divisions. There's excitement there, and I think um, just stepping down into NXT from um, the, the NXT UK guys that have come over in recent months, yeah. seeing them flourish over there. Um, yeah. You know, I think the last because of the pandemic, of NXT UK, it was flying under the radar. We were doing stuff in empty arenas, but the matches that these guys and girls were having was incredible, absolutely incredible. Yeah. So now. Like said, JD McDonough, um, A Kid, Axiom, uh, and Ilya Jagunov, and all, all those guys being up there. And when, when you watch NXT week in, week out, some weeks it feels like you're watching NXT UK. That's the proportion of talent is transitioned, transitioned across. And I, and I think that's a real testament um, to, to what NXT UK sort of uh, did. Sure. Sure. Well, and I, I, I know like specifically I, I look at the guys like um, Pretty Deadly who I was not, you know, uh-huh. they weren't really on my radar when I was in NXT myself. But then I see the guys like uh, like Gallus, who we actually worked with and there could not be any more polar opposite teams, but they both it's such an interesting dynamic to see the two of them on screen together. It just screams like, okay, I'm not changing the channel on this. Like how do these four? Yeah. What happened? And I think it's great seeing these guys work so hard on the UK brand to now be getting the opportunity on NXT in the U S and you know, you're seeing people start to churn through. There's news just recently that the draft is back upon us. And it seemed that what was said seems like everyone from any brand can kind of get drafted, which I take mm-hmm. as we're going to get some people moving up. You know, I, I, I think it's only a matter of time. I think maybe weeks, months uh, until pretty deadly up there. I think they're, yeah. they're smashing yeah. it. And I think, and I, I think a whole crop of this UK talent have gone over there. Sure, they, they belong there, man. They belong yeah. there, and I hope they get their chances on, you know, on, on Raw and SmackDown soon. Bobby, if you're looking at the, the new additions, the UK guys, I know you've worked with a few of them. Who who excites the most? Who do you want to work with? Um, I you know, and this is more of a a, a style thing, and it, it's just uh, p- partially because we had worked with them before. But like I said, Gallus, they just seem to be way more comfortable in their own skin today. 
Um, not that they weren't comfortable when we worked with them before. Um, in fact, I think it was, it was, was it Wolfie and maybe the other brother? I don't Mark, remember exactly, but I, th yeah, I think I, I would really love to, uh, work some stuff with them, but I mean, I also like to see the way that, that, um, Red Dragon would kind of match up with the, 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 uh, diverse sort of mix of, of us and pretty deadly would, would have to be pretty interesting too, you know? Um, yeah. so I could definitely see some mileage out of, out of both of those, the one with Gallus, because I thought we just had good chemistry in, in one match anyway, but just a good, I'd say a, a, a match, um, or a, a, a program with them would, uh, fill a similar void as like um, the the triple threat match at Mania, like just a, a slobber knocker to steal a a, a, a term from uh, good old Jr. But like just a you know not a lot of daylight, um, just punch you in the face, um, sort of knockdown drag out would would be my cup of tea as far as like if I had my brothers because I just I. Um, that's what I enjoy. But I think the most interesting um, dynamic on screen would, would be us and, and pretty deadly because they're just so uh, unique. Unique's a word. Unique's a word for those boys. But again, I love <laughs> yeah. what those boys have done. Again, <clears throat> having, having you know, seen them in UK and seeing how hard they were working and the evolution of their characters. I, I've got to say, you know, watching people going over there, just things like their backstages, the, the work that they've been putting in the work in the quote-unquote acting departments and their characters are really coming across well in those backstages. You have to like to Tyler Bate, um, Isla Dawn, all those guys. Isla Dawn and Alba Fire, another two UK vets who've, who won titles WrestleMania weekend. So, yeah. yeah, it's it's great seeing them all kind of come together. And it does seem like, I know when NXT was kind of rebranded, um, you know, it was, it was let's get characters out each week and experiment with new characters and just throw people out there and, and uh, get some new faces out there. But... It, it does seem now like it's kind of refound its level, you know, where you've got the combination of new talent coming out, but then also, you know, these slob knocker matches with, um, with people. So it's, yeah, it's, it's fun viewing right now. I think that's exactly it is, is to have that balance because you've got to have, you know, at the end of the day, I think you still need to have the mainstay sort of like holding it down in order to create the atmosphere that allows for like a pretty deadly to stick out the way that they do. Um, if you don't have that solid foundation, um, that's just delivering week in week out guys like Gallus guys, like, um, I'll say even like a Tyler Bate, you know, like guys that, that can go, they, they just keep it grounded. And then it allows for, like I said, someone like Pretty Deadly to come in and to be this breath of not even fresh air, but just breath of something different. Like, whoa, one of these kids is not like the other in a good way, in a, in a great way, you know. Um, Bobby, this is one of the first times we've actually had a, a proper conversation since I was with you uh, in Dubai yes. for your boxer match. I want to talk. Yeah. How, how did you find that? How how did you find stepping into a boxing ring and, and having, you know, a proper boxing match? 
<laughs> um, you know, I've learned to expect um, very little as far as what this career has, has brought to my life. Um, because if somebody had said to me, um, you know, however many years ago, uh, at, at the ripe old age of 125, wow. um, that I would be... Uh, what moisturizer having... do you use? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you, I only use the hotel moisturizer, the one that the uh, the hotels give you. I just I steal all those. <laughs> you stay in some nice. You stay in some nice hotels, brother. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so to be doing that, at, you know, at that time in my life, um, and it was like one of those things that, yeah, of course, I I'm gonna do this. Um, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was awesome. And the, the fact that like, I got to, you know, Andy came over with me, my agent and uh, my coach, Alec came over with me and my wife, they flew my wife, like my wife and I got to spend a week in Dubai, like that alone was was well worth it. Um, and it's it's something we still talk about to this day. So like win, lose, or draw, it would have been worth it. But to go over and and to win obviously made it uh, you know just more special. And I was I w- was really excited about the opportunity to do a second one. And uh, no. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, uh, we'll see what happens with those guys. But okay, yeah, I think, yeah, we'll see. We'll I, see. I, I, I think for all of us involved in in that fight week, uh, there's some good things. There's some not so good things. But yes, sir. Um, but um, I, I think all of us, you know, when you look back on our careers, being part of a, a Floyd Mayweather fight week, the circus oh, yeah. uh, that goes circus. on with that. Yeah, and, and that's that's what it is. I mean, Floyd, when Floyd comes in, yeah. he rolls deep. And you know he's he's one of the biggest stars yeah. in sports, and you know you, you you know it. And it's I, I think for all of us to be sort of around that and to see that and to experience it is, yeah. you know, it's it's it's, it's unlike anything else. Um, sure. So yeah, I think that's something we'll all we'll all remember. I think so, and and it's like I said, I've learned not to um, necessarily expect anything. Um, this life, when it comes to entertainment and sport and like the marrying of the two it is a circus andy and i'm not telling you something that you don't know it's a circus and that's i think what makes it so endearing and that's the charm of it is that it is it's an absolute circus that like you know i stood in basically my underwear in front of more people than I should, and on TV, and you know, in different you, you, countries. You got a court date coming up for that one, Bobby. <laughs> right. I think there's still a restraining order. <laughs> We're in violation of something. <laughs> so, all right. <laughs> I digress. Andy, what is next? For you, you're in Dublin. Um, I mean, you're. I'm, I'm in Dublin. I, I haven't. I haven't had a Guinness. So hopefully, what's next for me is at some point in the next twenty four hours having a Guinness. Oh, um, what's next for me? It's. Uh, I am. So I'm, I'm here in Dublin. I'm shooting this ESPN documentary, UFC ESPN documentary. 
then back to the UK and then uh, and then straight into Kingpin. <clears throat> so nice. Kingpin Boxing is, uh, for those people who haven't heard about it, it's, it's the, I don't know if it's the world's first, I think it is, but certainly it's the, it's the biggest uh, influencer boxing tournament ever. So people who will know KSI, Logan Paul and Jake Paul and so forth doing the boxing right. and doing incredible things. Um, but one complaint people have had is that, like any boxing, like anything, people can duck and dive, and sometimes the public feel that these guys are choosing their opponents and you know yeah. so forth. This is a tournament, so there's eight women, there's eight men signed up, and they will fight who is drawn for them. And right. so winners move on, but then the losers go into a different bracket, and the losers fight the losers. So all of these competitors are going to fight over three events between April 22nd and the 5th of August. Uh, we got we got uh, first one 22nd of April in London at Wembley Arena. Then I'm back here in Dublin, uh, start of July. And uh, is it July? I think it's July. Or was it June? I don't know. My dates mixed up. And then April, uh, August 5th at the O2 in London. So three big events. And these guys, you know, we got these guys are huge influences. What all surprises me is people get into combat sports sometimes because they need the money, because they want the money. It's, it's a way to use your your physicality to earn a good living if you do well. These guys know they need the money. Like yeah. we got, we we got. Uh, uh, was this Nunes? He is one of Brazil's biggest celebrities. He's got fifty-eight million followers okay. on Instagram. This guy, he's got Netflix specials. He's a comedian. He's got all this stuff. He does not need the paycheck. Right. And the same could be said for all of these guys. So, as much as this is, you know, everyone's trying to raise their stock, and you know, there's a lot of profile involved in this. I gotta respect all these guys for stepping in there. I mean, like Bobby, oh. you know firsthand. You know, stepping yeah. into a boxing ring, this is a this is a fight. You can get hurt, yeah. but also yeah. you can get embarrassed. These guys live on on online. You know, you get knocked out, you become a meme and stuff. So, um, yeah. it's an intriguing tournament. It's an intriguing tournament. Till we start all all the we've already been doing loads the last few weeks, but um, that all kicks off in its glory. Um, we're filming content Monday through to Saturday. So, yeah, that's that's next on the horizon for me. Okay, cool. Well, I mean, I think that that's where the courage kicks in. It, it's more the uh, idea of the embarrassment and the, you know, because um, at the end of the day, like, it's not, it's not war. Like, my father was a, a Marine, and, and that's just cut from a different cloth, you know, he fought in Korea, and, and that that's, you know, here I am pretending to fight my underwear for a living. So, <laughs> you know. No, Bobby, but let's go back to let's go back to your boxing match for a minute. Like I know you, you got given this boxing match. I know you've got you have got a combat sports background per mm -hmm. se. But you you were one of the, the the higher profile people on that card. You know, there's a, a lot of the, the pro wrestling world was watching you for that fight. So you going into that, there was jeopardy for you. Um, mm -hmm. You know, how, did you feel any? What were your emotions going into that, knowing that there's a lot of eyes on you going into something that wasn't your expertise? Um, I, I mean, I definitely felt some pressure to deliver for our industry in a way that like I wanted to show people that our industry does have some athletes in it and does have some people in it that that are legitimate, like... I, I, I'm, I'm not Anderson Silva, but I, you know, I'd like to think that like, I can keep my family safe and I can defend myself if I needed to, you know, and, and really the, the pressure there for me was, um, they flew my wife over, 
Like I'm not getting my ass kicked in front of my wife. <laughs> you know, those are, that's the set of eyes that are most important. <laughs> those are the ones that I got to wake up to every day. And she's got to know that like, uh, we're all right. So yeah, you can't, you can't kick my ass in front of my wife. <laughs> you are fighting for your marriage. Yeah. I love that. I love that. But yeah, yeah I mean, I think it, like, it's, it's, I think it's pretty tough enough to go into a box or any combat sport, uh, period. But to have a, a profile in something else and go in there and compete. Um, yeah, look, if, look at this Kingpin event next week. I, I, I hold my hat to all of these guys because no one's ducking. Everyone's signed the contract. Everyone's fighting. We, you know, we literally did a live draw where we drew names out of a hat. This is not someone in the back room going, you're going to fight you, you're going to fight you. And, mm-hmm. and they were drawn at random. And now these fights for the next few months are all going to be decided by you know, wins and losses. And even if you lose, you've got a fight. And uh, by the end of the three shows, everyone is going to be able to be ranked. So you've got the person who goes all the way and wins. Sure. And then you've got the person who lo- loses all the fights. So can you imagine being one of these influencers? You've got millions of followers. You make a ton of money. You've yeah. got an ego. Of course you've got an ego. That's why you're doing this. And that's not sure. a bad thing. But can you imagine being in this and coming last, being ranked yeah. number eight? Yeah. You, could you box again? Well, and that's, that's the risk that, that these guys are taking. And, and I, so I, I have respect for the fact that they're taking it serious and that they're competing because you only got to go as far as Twitter to um, kind of experience the, um, who was it? Roosevelt, who, who uh, his quote was the man in the arena. And there are just so many people, especially with this cancel culture bullshit and the Twitter and everything else that people, everybody's got an opinion and not everybody is going out there and competing. And it's easy to have an opinion when you don't ever put yourself out there to be at risk or to judge or, or to be judged or to, to win or to lose. Um, those are the people that I just, I have no uh, patience for. So the people that are willing to go out and compete, you know, like these influencers that are going out there and, and they're, yeah, they're out of their um, element, so to speak, but they're going to, they're going to compete. Like, I, I don't know. You can't ask much more from people than that. And, and you're, you're watching that human drama unfold. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I got no problem with it. In fact, I'm no. probably more in support of it than not. And I, I think, I think when this all started, when the influence of things happened and Jake Paul started getting some momentum, I think a lot of boxing purists didn't like this, but you can't, I, I think people who don't like this influence of boxing are just stubborn in their ways. At the very yeah. least, I think I think as long as the audience watches and realize these guys aren't technically the best boxers in the world, okay? Right. But this is entertainment. Yep. This is great. You're getting more eyes on the sport and you get some young kids watching this stuff and then, you know, they've subscribed to the zone or whatever it is. They go, actually, well, this, this is actual, you know, a conventional boxing card on tomorrow. I watch that. You're getting mm. new fans into dripping them in, which is great. Talk, talk about Jake Paul. What do you guys make of... Um, so he's obviously been doing his thing in boxing, but he's now signed to the PFL. He's going to make his MMA debut. What, what do we think of that? That's, boxing and MMA are two very different things. Are you sure you're not Ryan Seacrest? I'm sorry. That's completely... 
Well, Fra- Frank and Dennis, I want you to jump on this first because I've been talking a lot here. So, I personally, I I agree with what you said about like Jake kind of bringing new eyes to you know boxing and and creating possibly new fans. So I think Jake jumping into PFL and and trying his hand at that. Uh, a he he could silence a whole bunch of critics who said he can't fight. If he, he comes the out, brother and, of Logan Paul, who yeah. was just on Mania, right? Correct. That's, okay, okay. Because I never. But he first he's gotten a he's gotten a boatload of uh, shit for being a quote unquote boxer, and then you know he can't really fight, and he's fighting these MMA guys, and they're not boxers. And I think if he goes in and, and makes an impact and wins a couple of fights, he's really going to shut some people up because he's going to show them that yeah, no, I I actually can fight, and I can fight not not only can I box but I can fight MMA as well. So I think, mm-hmm. and I think it's just good all around for, you know, bringing eyes into different eyes into sports that may, that may not be paying attention to a combat sport. Right. I, it's like wrestling. Anytime you can get an emotion out of somebody, you're going to draw fans. You're, you're going to draw anybody to see to the, to the match, to see if either lose, win, do something, it's gonna. It's like the old Mike Tyson. You're gonna see him box for a minute and a half, and it'll be the best minute and a half you've ever seen. It's a show. You said it. You said in the beginning. It's a show. Give me a show. My my, my concern is with Jake Jake is with boxing. He, yeah, it, it was. And I think they did the right thing. They put him with big names, but whose boxing skills were probably well, they were the level that Jake needed to be. And you got to remember Jake hadn't done, you know, Jake, Jake is three years into a boxing career. The fact he's fighting someone like Tommy Fury now is probably where he should be at. I, I don't think anyone should critique, uh, criticize Jake for boxing the people he has done because he's a novice boxer. But with MMA, I, I, I felt they're going to want to put him in there with someone who isn't a novice in terms of mixed martial arts. And, you know, we know Jake can strike, but how is Jake on the ground? You know, if, if someone, if you're going to fight Jake, the game plan most certainly is going to be, let's take him down. I know Jake was a wrestler at high school. He's got those, those, um, those skills, but it's, it's almost like being a sprinter in, in track and field, but then someone going, go do decathlon. There's so much, there's so many variables. And I know mm-hmm. PFL, I'm not going to want to put him in there with some no name, you know, three losses on the records newbie. They, they're going to want to give him a real challenge. And that's where I think the challenge is. Can Jake, Put, do enough. I was actually talking to Sean O'Connell, uh, PFL's play-by-play guy. He was a former PFL champion himself. And he said, look, you can't teach someone jiu-jitsu in six months. You can't become a black belt jiu-jitsu in six months. But what you can learn is how to not get choked out in six months. You, know, you, mm-hmm. you can learn to be on the mat and to evade being choked mm-hmm. out. So maybe that's what Jake's got to learn. We know he can strike. Can he kick? I don't know. But uh, maybe that's what he's got to learn. But what, again, I think the danger in, in MMA, there's so many variables. Has Will Jake have enough time to to uh, to learn what he needs to learn? Sure. Um, I mean, I think it's an evolution of all of it, and an evolution for him. Obviously, um, you know, is there enough time? Like, mm, you know, what what's enough time? Um, I am interested to see it for sure. And I think that that's the first box that needs to be checked to begin with, you know, and like Frank was saying, it's, it's entertainment. And and this is certainly something that has um, drawn people's interest and they want to see what that 
result is. Did he have enough? Um, is there enough of that uh, amateur wrestling room left over? Is there, uh, has he picked up enough jujitsu? Does he turn his uh, leg over when he throws a tie kick? I, you know, I don't know. I, <laughs> I saw some footage and it was the one thing that I saw out of his kick that wasn't quite there. You see a lot of people that are picking it up late and they don't turn their hip over. And it looked like he could use a little bit of help with that. Um, but I'm, I'm sure, you know, he'll, I would think have that straightened out by the time he gets there. Um, and then, yeah, we're going to see. I mean, I, but, I'm not mad at it at all. And by the way, if Jake needs any help turning his hip over and learning how to throw a kick, Bobby's available <laughs> to help you. There, hey, hey, there we go. Yeah, there talk, go. Talk, talk about whether you can pick it up or not. <laughs> how about How about Logan? Like you guys, we're all wrestling fans here. Has, I mean, what's, how many matches has Logan had now? Three, four? Has anyone in the history, in the history of this game, had a better, uh, I, think, I think it's had like four matches, a better first four matches in their career? I don't think it's ever been possible. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. And, and I think anybody who denies it, um, you're just not being honest. You're just being a curmudgeon, you know, like you're just not. You're being a hater. You're being a hater. I mean, does he do, is he, is he perfect out there? By no means, but four matches. I mean, yeah, it's pretty crazy. And, and you can't at the very least, you've got to look at him and go, he's an athlete. And yeah. even if he wasn't an athlete, like, wow, he's like super coordinated, et cetera, et cetera, which is much more than I can say for some other people in the pro wrestling industry who have made a pretty good goddamn living doing it. But just because you know, he's got, he's, you know, he's now really building out his, his moves, isn't he? The, uh, the, the flip over into the, is it a clothesline or a spear? That's now yeah. one of his go-tos. But th- yeah. that move... You know, like, hey, I'm sure people can do that in the privacy of a, of a, a gym, but doing that in front of eighty thousand people and <laughs> right. nailing it, you know, the, the, the stuff he the stuff he's yeah. doing is again, look, you know, Bobby, this is far more your wheelhouse, but you know, the stuff he's doing is it's he's not just connecting some dots. He's yeah, you know, he's he's having to work out there. Well, I think that's probably the most impressive part of it all, Shep, is that it's it's his ability to show up when he has to show up. Like it's one thing to be able to do it in a, in a warehouse training, you know, and, and then imagining like, Oh yeah, you know, in three months from now I'll have my match and I'm going to go out and I'm going to do it there. But to be on that stage of WrestleMania, to be in the Royal rumble and to jump, you know, ring rope to ring rope with Trevor or with Ricochet, who's been doing this, you know, for 20 some odd years and is probably the most impressive athlete I've ever, you know, been around person to person. Um, and to, to do a spot like they did. Um, <laughs> I, I'm a liar. If I sit here and say that that wasn't impressive, that alone, if that's the only thing he ever did in pro wrestling was just to come on the scene and to do that one thing, I'd be like, you're going to remember it. <laughs> you're not forgetting that anytime soon yeah yeah and for the detractors too like do you really think that 
WWE is going to put a guy who really looks like he doesn't know what he's doing in those situations? Maybe. Possibly. Okay. I, I think, Let me rephrase. At, 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 this, at this point where WWE is, I don't know if they're, they would really go, eh, fuck it, we'll put him in the Royal Rumble or we'll put him on a Mania. No, match. probably not. Probably not. I, I, I wonder if, the, if their star was big enough, maybe, but you, you surround them with someone who's going to, you know, you, you put them with a Miz, you put them with someone who is going to mm. do everything for them, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but the, yeah. the thing is, like, you know, just, just like Pat McAfee, if these guys are going out there and having legitimate matches. These aren't, you know, you, you look back through the annals of the time, you look back at WrestleMania 1, you know, the, the celebrity matches that would have throughout the years, yeah. you know, those guys would come in, they'll have learned a couple of spots on the day, and it was that. You know, now these yeah. these guys are coming in, and I think I think Pat and Logan have have raised me. I mean, yeah, Pat raised I the bar so. when he came and did his program, and then Logan came and it was like, and raised it. Oh wait a yeah. minute! Yeah, yeah I couldn't. So, I so, couldn't agree so, more. Whoever the next celeb to come in and 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 have a run at this thing, man, that's uh, that's going to be tough. The bar yeah. has been raised very yeah. much so. I even was thinking uh, even Bad Bunny getting involved and stuff has been impressive. Yeah, Bad Bunny's been fantastic. Yeah, yeah. He has. Oh, there you are. There you are. <laughs> <laughs> so, are you? Are you on a delay? What's going on? Like, I think no. Bobby just glitched in real life. I was trying to think of this old lady's name, but I. Estelle Getty. I said Estelle Getty, Getty, but nobody picked up on it, so it kind of was floating out there in the in the uh, atmosphere. (laughs) Who's who's Estelle Getty? Who's this? It just just died a slow death. (laughs) Not her. (laughs) Well, she's dead, right? I I don't know. (laughs) All right. Well, we better get off of here before this podcast. Now we're in a now we're in this weird gray area where we might get in trouble. Is so so dead or not? I gotta go change my depends. <laughs> oh, there it is. There's the lobby for the depend sponsorship. Yeah, yeah. We are Freddie Prince Jr. This gets better. I promise you, Freddie Prince Jr., this gets better. Oh no, don't knock us down, Frank. We this was a good podcast. I don't care yeah. what anyone says. Shep, Frank's been shitting his pants for a decade now. Non-stop. <laughs> they have some big they have some big pants. If you've been going for a decade, you you should probably change underwear around about now. Call the colostomy bag, Frank. Get one. The old looms. I love the fact that I just got just done. Just got a chair in the floor. Let it go out. Yeah. I like I like how I just got done saying how good we actually did on this podcast. And then Bobby's like, Frank's been shitting his pants for 10 years. <laughs> And there we go. And that's how we're going to win awards, guys. That's how we're going to win awards. Okay. Keep those kind of one line. Listen, we balance it all out with some potty humor. Perfect. You know, we made too many, uh, too many good points on here. We had to balance it with some. Yeah, we got we got done it back. We, we, yeah. We don't want to. We got to. We got to appeal to everyone on this one. Yeah, we don't want to be aristocratic. We're a podcast of the people. A few more poop gags, guys. Yeah. 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 Best. People just... like poop gags. We, yeah. we started with yeah. bogeys and we're ending with poop. We really have kind of become a full circle yeah. during this conversation. Yeah. And now Frank's throwing up gang signs. 
Dang. It's the U. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that, boys and girls, is Undisputed? I don't think I, I I can't say it. It's copyrighted. No, I oh shit! I said uh, it. I we can't we can't say oh, it. Yeah, but you started it and I finished it, so I think we're all, we're okay. You just said two different uh, people. Yeah. Yeah. Two, yeah, yeah, you're fine. You're fine on that. I said you're fine on that. Well, Shep, I'm gonna um I'm gonna wish you continued luck with uh, what you got going Thank on you, in sir. Dublin. There, uh, the little bit of banter that we had. Uh, earlier about it has me quite a bit interested to see how that uh how that turns out um i'm excited for you you are maybe the busiest man in show business um, right now that's ryan seacrest that's ryan seacrest that's uh but, okay. but i i'm like when he when he can't make it somewhere they send me as kind of a body double don't tell anyone right. i don't speak because i don't sound like him yes. but you're his, you're uh, Ryan Seacrest body double. A dude, dude, dude. I don't, I don't know about Seacrest. I'm thinking Michael Bublé. Bublé? Bublé? I'm going to go Bublé. I've never had a Bublé. Bublé. It's pronounced Bublé. I will want to Bublé. You also okay. look like Joe McHale. I get that as well sometimes. Okay. I do get Joe McHale quite often, actually. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a Bublé. Is a new one though. That's that is that's innovative. Going, I'll take them. I'll take them all. Fair <laughs> On that hey, note, look, I'm, so, I'm also guy. guys. <laughs> Shep, go get yourself that Guinness. Yeah, do that. Disappointed. I'm, gonna, I'm sure I'm not telling you. I'm going to go and get myself no. tanked against guys. Thank you so much for having me. Um, it's been a pleasure talking to you. I love the full circle journey from. Boogers to wrestling to boxing <laughs> to poop. So we do. Um, we aim to I, please here. I feel, like, I feel like all my needs have been met. So, uh, so thank you for a great time. <laughs> thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure, my friend. <laughs> the one, the only, Andy, Andy Shepherd. As we get ready to wrap it up, don't forget you can get all the Bobby Fish apparel and also like undisputed this. merch. Like at, this. Uh, bobbyfishapparel.com. Like this. Like that shirt that Frank is wearing right there. Long sleeve. Bobbyfishapparel.com. There you go. My plug Bobby. is done. Frank, what do you got? Nothing. Absolutely awesome. nothing at all. There you go, Dennis. <laughs> good, good stuff. All right. Say good night, Bobby. Good night, Bobby. <laughs>